You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker, one story at a time from the eyes of a newcomer. I'm Calvin. I have seen a great deal of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen a slightly less great deal of Star Wars. I'm Andy, and I've seen more Star Wars than you'd you'd think. Yeah, we call you the newcomer, but... Yeah, uh, this is pretty... but it's been two years. No, for any of them... I don't know if any of our, our, you know, 113 average listeners per episode uh, are new, but, you know, let's just give a little refresher. The whole concept of this podcast is, at the start of this podcast, Andy had never seen any Star Wars whatsoever. And now, Calvin and I have been brain poisoned for decades. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're doing a whole chronological journey, and this is Andy's first time ever seeing Star Wars. So they didn't see... Revenge of the Sith until they finished most of the Clone Wars. They haven't seen the original trilogy yet and are not going to until we finish Rebels. Let's forget about when we're even going to touch the sequel trilogy because that is, I don't know, 10 years in the future. By the time we get to that, the discourse might have died down. It'll be so pleasant. Yeah, it'll be fun. So that's our podcast. That's us. Hi, guys. <laughs> that's the concept. Welcome back. Yeah. If you're listening, if we, if we get all really for real 100 listeners... Guys, can you please review us on where yeah. you listen to us? You know what? Yeah, actually, I've been me every time I like hear other podcasters read their reviews, I think about it and then I forget to mention this like day of because that's the way my brain works, but we would love it if y'all reviewed us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on send us a fun message on uh email or whatever and you know, if you leave us a good review, we will read it out loud. I'll kiss Honestly, you on the if you mouth. leave us a bad review, we might also read it out loud. Yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love I would love to read a review. Andy yeah. wants Reviews. nothing more in life than to have haters. Yeah. So yeah. that's how you know you made it. <laughs> so Andy, thank you for actually thinking about doing that because I would not have thought about that. Well, this is actually how I find other podcasts. And every single time I find a podcast that like because I don't like listening to like famous podcasts. I want to listen to like random people's podcasts that are like moderately successful but not like ah i don't want to listen to critical role i want to listen to like some random friend groups D. i campaign. have a recommendation for you then andy off oh, the air perfect. okay i have another recommendation for you i think i don't but, know uh but i always compare i always compare the amount of reviews that they have and usually i think i listen to podcasts that have around like 300 reviews or so and i'm like man we got, we're sitting at like 25 yeah Guys, we're sitting, come on yeah. get us to get us to that that th- that 300 please uh if if you it, yeah if you get us to 300 reviews then i will send you my nudes yes i'm kidding yeah, i'll kiss you i really will <laughs> See, the uh, terrifying thing is that it, it could be true from both of you. Yeah. You know, I will not. They're tasteful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a Isn't that the nude. stereotype that uh, gay guys are the only ones who know how to shoot nudes? 
Excellent. Moving on from that topic, uh, please rate and review us and, uh, you know, interact with us also. We love please. you. Um, yeah, sweet. Don't send us your nudes, though. We don't want them. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, um, we watched yeah. Pabu. Um, so, the, yes, this week on First Steps of Star Wars podcast, we watched Pabu and Tipping Point. Um, little note, uh, because of time circumstances, we are recording each episode discussion individually instead of both at the same time. So today we are, as of as of our Pabu discussion, we have only seen Pabu and not Tipping Points. So crazy. Yeah. This is what happens when we're all working adults. Yeah, oh, exactly. Goodness. Don't say that. Uh, Ugh. Um, so, Andy, but, who did you decide is doing D&D? I don't know. I haven't really decided, to be honest, until this moment right now. Um, who should we do? Have we done Echo? Well, I feel like probably not. Echo was kind of the NPP, uh, MVP of Tipping Point. Yeah, so let's do let's do him. Um, let me look up D&D classes as I do every single episode, because I can't remember the six of them or whatever. There's not six. There's a little more than six, but six. Well, I feel like weren't there like six in D and D one, you know? D and D one. There were three in D and D one. It's okay. fighting man, like magic person. It's like literally fighting man is what that first one is. The fighting one is called. And then there's one that's like a magic person, and then I can't remember what the other one is. Uh. Um. Yes. Maybe there's more than three classes. Maybe I'm just fucking lying to you. Um, I totally believe you about Fighting Man, though. No, that I think I remember you referencing that is, earlier. Fighting in Man is yeah. true. Because that seems meme enough to, like, not be made up. Oh, well, there are only like, three classes. I was right. It's the Cleric, the Fighting Man, and the Magic User. Huh. Fuck I would have guessed that the Wizard would have been one of them. Well, I guess the Wizard is the Magic User. The Magic but, User, yeah. yeah. But the word Wizard would have been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I no, love fighting they, man. They can't so all be, funny. you know, sophisticated names like cleric. They have to be fighting I man know. and magic user. Magic user. Ew. Don't at me. I'm fighting man. Yeah. Um. I still have played exactly two D&D games in my life, so. Really? Yeah. Were they both with me? Oh, wait, no, I've played four. Yeah, I was like, because we've done two, two separate games, but four sessions. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I've been playing D&D pretty regularly since 2020. Guys, I don't even really like playing D&D to be honest. Like hot take, as a as a avid larper, it's like a really controversial thing cuz all my friends spend so much time playing D&D, but I don't I don't really like it. It's fun. I like no, DMing. I I really want to try see that. I really want to try. Is it like the game style or just like the non-larping version of role play? I think that I prefer the LARPing, like, role play and, like, the immersive aspect. Of I mean, LARP. that makes sense for you as an actor. Yeah. I love... That's what I, I figured like, is this This is a, a specific to Andy thing that is totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I like DMing. I, I actually, like, that's sort of the one. But I think most of the time, anytime I've, like, played any, like, tabletop game... Uh -huh. For the most part. But I think my thing is that I play with people who take it way too seriously. And mm. I'm like a silly, yeah. goofy guy. This, Sweet. Okay, right. yeah, sorry. We Echo. Echo would be... Echo. Let me just pick. Let's just pick one. Do you think cleric? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know what a cleric does. <laughs> a priestly champion who wields divine magic in service of a higher power. Who? Absolutely. No. That actually perfectly describes him. The really? divine magic... Divine magic is his uh, R2-D2 arm. 
And in terms <gasps> oh. of a higher power, he's he's saving the, the clones. The brothers. Yeah, oh, like, that's actually so genius. So, so Echo right. is going to join Kanan in our ranks of Star Wars clerics. Clerics. Wait, we we put Kanan as a cleric. I, I think feel like so. We did. Paladin I thought Kanan, Kanan was a straight paladin, but we. I think yeah. we argued. Oh about that. wait. I think we argued about it too. So I can't yeah. remember what we did. Uh, once again, not a D&D expert. I don't quite know what the difference between yeah. cleric no, and paladin tough. is. It's tough. So paladin is more like uh, a knight. How do I even explain it? Yeah, it's more of a knight. It's more. That's of like I think why I argued it for Kanan. I would. So in this okay. case, Magic Rex would be the paladin to Echo's cleric. Gotcha. Rex is more of the straight up fighter, the straight and narrow. In, like he's fighting for a cause. Yes. And yes. Echo as the same sort of uh, the, uh, another side of the same coin, but using more quote unquote magic. Right. Here Why, it's that not was even such a bomb way to describe it. Good for you. Oh, yeah, Echo joins fire. Cody in our ranks of clerics. That's interesting. I don't know why we picked that for Cody, but good for him. I don't I'm listen sure to the did. podcast. We literally <laughs> did the Cody one like two episodes ago, so I don't know. It was why like I can't six remember. episodes ago. Is that true? No, yeah. it wasn't. It was Bad Batch. We it was five six. episodes ago. Three, we four. Yeah, it was five episodes ago. Bad Batch episodes. Cody was in episode three of the season. Well, yeah, but on, we've been doing two uh, TV episodes for I mean. podcast I'm, episodes. I'm saying to Andy, it was a while ago. So yeah. yeah. I'm just stupid, I guess. This podcast episode, we're doing episodes 13 and 14, but that one, we did three and four. So, yeah, it was five oh, episodes ago. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Okay, Get basic anyways. math. Te- I mean, Sorry. technically six recording sessions because Time we did record Pabu a couple days ago. Separately. So, but yeah. Go. No, I've can, got... Can I... I've started oh, yeah. recording all of our DNA classes in a Google Doc so I can Good, remember who we've done. We That's should, fantastic. We should, we should post, like, updates on yeah. Instagram. Um, on the Instagram. guys draw fan art of the characters as um oh as God, in in D and D at Uzuri Art on Instagram has already done these amazing medieval uh portraits of characters. Andy probably can't look at them on their own, but I can gather send some. Send me some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Send send them in the group. Send them. In There's our a lot group. of prequel era stuff. The this this artist is fantastic. It's great stuff. Yeah, it's I do not so, mind giving them like, free promo. It's so funny that I have to ask you guys <laughs> before I look at anything. I have to be like, can you guys screen this? For it's me? so great that you haven't gotten spoiled for shit yet, too. I know. I avoid them like the plague. I like, well, and like I yeah. The way we've reorganized your Star Wars priorities, you don't like you knew and we were always gonna spoil like Vader is Luke's father. So yeah. that isn't something you have to avoid. It's like what happens to the Rebels crew and what happens at the end of Clone Wars yeah. and what happens to Cassian Andor, that sort of stuff. Like Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order was like so good because I didn't know it was coming. Like that shit was yeah. just... I re- and then Ahsoka <laughs> coming down that ladder. Yeah. I think I said this at the time, we're way off topic, but I remember just like receding into my chair after that episode when Ahsoka left the Jedi Order because I didn't even once consider that to be a possibility. I think that's the first time a TV show actually rocked my world. Yeah, this is crazy. I honestly, that's so funny that you say that because I feel like I was ready for it. I was so, I knew. Well, I knew in my heart. But this was after years of the online Ahsoka death cult. And so there was just no different lives. Yeah. (laughs) So she just walked away and went to her pony farm. Yeah. (laughs) At the time, yeah. Anyway, on to Pabu. So, Pabu, the Batch have reunited with Fee, and they are, you know, liberating ancient wonders. 
And she, uh, Sid gives him a call. Uh, we have an action sequence and then Sid gives him a call and Sid is like, I am angry at you for not coming back to me. Come back to me soon. And then Fee decides to go and hide the batch on the little island on a remote planet. The island is known as Pabu. Don't know what the planet's called. And, you know, it's all peaceful, happy, fun times until a tsunami hits. And then big action sequence as the tsunami is they save everyone from the tsunami. And then it's happy. It's happy. There's not even a sad sing- stinger at the end. It's just all. Happy. I was waiting for one. I was I got to be honest. I was like, yeah. where's the other shoe? I know it's coming. But I no, guess... that is the entire next episode, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The the important the important like thing at the end is that the bad batchers decide that they're going to stay and help Pabu rebuild. Yeah. So in a way that cool. they didn't for like Ryloth or uh uh oh uh, uh, Kashyyyk or I don't know. They're actually yeah, they always move on. Yeah. So this was an awesome episode. Really fun. Really wonderful. Yeah. So so. I mean, it made me so see... sad at its positioning in the season, <laughs> but yes, it was a very fun and wonderful episode. It was everything it was, I ever wanted. It was good. I mean, Omega, we get to see Omega and Fee just kind of like doing their do, doing their thing. Uh, we get to see the, the Batchers backing them up, stealing an artifact, just some cool shit. Yeah, this whole opening sequence is great. It's like, oh my gosh. That is because so, it is it's wholesale nicked from Temple of Doom, uh, Indiana Jones oh, and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, isn't it? Um, wow. Like, obvi- obviously, it's not a problem. They made Temple of Doom. Yeah. I saw, I, and I, I saw this actually before I watched the episode from a uh, Star Wars Explained YouTube short. I just saw like the summary or whatever and saw it was Temple of Doom. And so I noticed it that it's the same, especially... Really, the poison is the big one. The negotiation yeah. and the poison. But then the bug from Attack of the Clones comes back out. And yes. I was a fan of that. It oh, yeah. Cool. No, it was really well done. I yeah. liked... I honestly... I think... I think Fee might be better at Sid's job than Sid is. Because yes. Fee perfectly utilized the Batchers with Hunter as the sort of... As the lookout. Wrecker as the muscle. Omega as is like genuine help. But also, she's just having a good fun time. She legit killed a dude. Yeah, I saw a tweet pointing that out that Omega's bow doesn't have a stun setting. And that was like point blank range. She did not kill the other guy, though. She dropped the uh, hollow light on him, which I also thought was very funny when it just made it dong. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I love the, I love, it's such a, it's so tropey and like silly, but I loved the, um, the poison. The, yep. the, mm, I like that there was poison and a poison bug and they were all armed to the teeth and the bar was bought out. And then tech Googles it and the item had no monetary value, basically. I yeah. Know. Oh, wait, before we move on, I, that moment when um, tech is there and he is playing the game by himself with yeah, Gonky. I laughed out loud. Because uh, yeah. I felt really roasted there because i do be playing board games with myself <laughs> i like that he then i will play just, like three characters he just and then he roasts his uh his brothers like it's yeah. the only yeah. time it's a challenge it just uh, they they started they found a good rhythm with tech's humor this season yeah um, 
where last season he was just exposition or like kind of being annoying like but like annoying writing not that tech the character is annoying and uh they have found a way to turn his I don't know. It's the same kind of jokes that like my neurodivergent friends make now. Yeah. Like I don't know if they hired somebody new for the writing staff or or, or what, but it's they, they it's really he's just hilarious more often than not now. Tech is a he's a an a, a typically he he's a the his character archetype is a type that is so often like underserved in narratives and usually only exists yeah for like exposition purposes he's literally so, named after the trope basically yeah and so it's awesome to see them really like make this awesome amazing character who meshes so well with the other um the other characters and and, and it's not just like oh and i'm here to be the nerd <laughs> Because that, that gets old. It gets boring really quickly. So yep. I yeah. loved that moment. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. He's just so funny. I, I tech this entire episode was cracking me up. Um, then Sid calls them. Yeah. T. She's pissed. And I also like that I wasn't sure whether they were going to put her through to a live transmission, but she is leaving them angry voicemails. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting about this, and I, this is a theory that I saw like on Twitter or Reddit or something, but um, that transmission is like weirdly garbled. It like, like it yes. drops out audio wise sometimes. And I don't think that happened with the like calls in um, the crossing or metamorphosis and stuff. So like, what if someone is interfering with that with that transmission slash someone is pressuring her to say that to get the batch to come out of hiding? I did. I, I do think something is going on because Sid is lukewarm on the batch as people. She re regards them as tools. We've discussed this before. She's she doesn't humanize them at all, really. But she has a soft spot for Omega. And in this call, she threatens Omega specifically. So that was the one that made me wonder whether we're going to see a straight up heel turn that Sid is pissed enough that she's threatening her favorite to because she knows it'll work on them or whether she's already whether the Empire's already on Ord Mantel, like what what the game is. And I think I don't think we'll have to wait long. I mean, when we're recording this, we're going to we're going to find out in less than 24 yeah, hours. We're, we're recording this on, uh, on Tuesday Cal evening. Calvin's so. going to get up at like 5 a.m. like a sicko and watch the episode. And then the Mandalorian after that, because we always prioritize the Bad Batch, except next week, because we're going to save the Bad Batch finale for last, because that's true. Ah, <sighs> uh, uh, yeah. But then they go after Sid calls them, they head to unnamed water world and Pabu. Not a fire ferret, not a fire ferret, a which very pleasant island. It, the fire ferrets of either the fire ferret of islands, the Pabu, the fire ferret of islands. I, I do love that. Like we were like, what the hell is a Pabu all season? And yeah, it was the main mystery. And now I, I, I think it's so funny that we were harping on the name so often is that yeah. it seems like it's going to be really important and recurring. I'm just bringing back up the fire ferret because it's a joke at this point. Yeah. People have started to comment on it. And now I'm just steering into the skin. But it's like, I it's so Avatar funny because Bender. it was the. 
it was what I assumed to be the nonsense episode this season. Like I thought we were going to get a goofy one. And instead they did something I did not think we were going to get presented to us until season three. Which is which is like the batch. Like they haven't they have another option for a moment. They've they've been given retirement. Yeah, they don't have to they don't have to be the bad batch ever again. They can live here for forever. Omega grows up to be an adventurer with Fee. They get to use their skills to help people. And the Empire's not there. It's paradise. Yes. Yeah, the Empire's not there yet. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. that's this yeah. is yeah. Uh, this is why I was kind of surprised they're doing it this early. And it, to me, means this isn't the end game of the series. This is just a tragic look at what could have been. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't... <laughs> Up until yeah. the points, up until the point at which things tip. Basically. Um, I really loved that we got to see Omega hanging out with another girl her age. Super cute. I really want Omega to have a girlfriend. Like, but it's okay. It was and really even good the follow up to, to Hera last season. Yeah. Since then, we yeah. haven't really seen her early in, in, in Bad Batch season one. She was befriending every kid they came across. And yeah. they stopped encountering kids. Uh, I guess the last one they really were with was Gunji. Yeah. Who's a decent bit older than... Well, there's uh, also... No, the last one that we saw was um, Anime Boy from The Crossing and Metamorphosis... Or Crossing that's and true. Retrieval. Oh, my gosh. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yes, we had cut, Cut's Kids, Hera. She befriended a girl in uh, the Rancor episode, too. Oh, yeah. That little... The one that we all was thought just, was Moochie at first, but then it turned out to yeah. be the Rancor. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Hera, most prominently, and this seems like a, a direct like follow up to that, is just somebody Omega connects with initially and just starts goofing off with. Yeah. Well, because the thing about Hera is that it was, you know, still like wartime. They were still yes. under the pressures of the Empire and fighting the Empire. You know, Sham Sandula was there and everything, but now it's just peaceful. I like Hunter's wordplay when he was like, our mutually beneficial agreement hasn't become so beneficial mutually. Yeah, it was just a funny way to sum up like a season long conflict. I'm really looking forward to revisiting this season when I watch it with my partner, because I think knowing that they're going to reward like that, that the aimless feeling early on is sort of intentional is Mm -hmm. really interesting to me because I was just assuming they weren't doing very well. I, I just assumed that the writing was kind of mid and knowing now that like that they were always building to this, that you were supposed to feel kind of dissatisfied that they were just going mission after mission after I hit the mic mission after mission with no purpose was it, it, it leads really well into this, this, uh, this episode, which I thought was kind of a, it was basically the good timeline version of what happened to Crosshair last episode like yeah it's yeah it's the they each reached their tipping point before the episode called tipping points crosshair broke with the empire big moment for him the bad batch has a place they can settle down where they're not used big point after they store the new artifact in the thing and they meet um uh the uncle and his his niece liana I know was the girl's name. Yeah, Liana and then Mayor Hazard. Mayor Shep. Mayor Mayor Shep Shep Hazard, yeah. Shep Um, Hazard? Great Star Wars name. Yes, yes, absolutely. I also liked to see a, uh, it was 
It was nice because Star Wars has been kind of, I mean, historically shit with this and really shit recently. It was nice to see a uh, larger, a fat character uh, who was a good kid, who's a good guy and yes, wasn't used for yes. his deformity. He was just a kindly uncle beloved by the town, but he was a he was a big fella. Yeah. Yeah. I really dislike the trope of having evil people or like using fatness as a way to like indicate greed i dislike that very much so yeah, yeah. star wars I, is guilty of it many times i think mm -hmm. honestly they've sort of looped around from job of the hut i think was in originally intended to be that but then it's just like that's just what huts look like like yeah. all of them yeah they're just slugs so it's sort of looped back around to all right but I really, I really loved this character. I really loved this mayor character, especially how sort of, I mean, I'm kind of skipping to the end of the episode, but when everybody's fleeing, he is the last person to get to safety. He is the very last person to get to safety. Like this dude who is the mayor, it was more important to him to make sure that like literally everybody else is safe before him. Yeah. And that Con was so awesome. And not really something the Batch encounters a whole lot because the leaders they deal with have either been warriors or like senators. And there's always a cost benefit analysis going on. And this guy is just a good he he's the leader because he's good at it and because everybody likes him and because he's he puts he is selfless. Yeah. And contrast that with the leadership that Crosshair has been seeing this season, too. Uh, where he's been just re repeatedly dehumanized by the Empire, even as the Bad Batch has had a better time. It's a sh sharp contrast to Sid and the the characters they've encountered along the way. Yeah. Uh, so on their way down to go get this giant feast, they run into this old dude whose name is Mr. Inta, and he is voiced by Steve Bloom, who we know from <laughs> really? Star Wars Rebels as Gareth Zavarelios. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, he also voices the uh, uh, Lance Crowder from the beginning of the episode. Okay, cool. Because there are only like 10 voice actors in Star Wars. Well, and I was, Steve Bloom is in everything. But yeah. I was like, why is he in the Lucasfilm Studios? Yeah. Um, And then they, you know, they have this big feast. Wrecker's like, I'm full. I'm never full. That was funny. That was then, really uh, Omega and, and I like that he immediately on the boat. Like Thanksgiving, when dessert comes out, he immediately got back in the saddle. Like I got one more in me. I yep. can, I can do it. <sighs> oh yeah, Mama didn't raise no bitch. And it's I, I really liked the animation as always, but the the sunset this episode yeah, was so no gorgeous. that moment when yeah. it was, and then it was just like they took the moment to just like let the lights light up, and then it couple of different things and then you saw it from omega and liana's perspective on the boat yeah this episode was 29 minutes long which is seven minutes longer than your standard clone wars episode your standard half hour of broadcast television and they used those extra seven minutes really well to just let it breathe let moments hold let the characters relax yeah because also i'm mean, that that immediately following moment where um you know, hunters noticing the um little uh, uh, moon, whatever their name, whatever they're called, 
Space monkeys. Yeah, little space monkeys who are probably also voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Um, when he's noticing that they're all running away, and then he's like, "Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh," and that's like a good like fifteen seconds of silence before he's like, "Something's wrong." Yeah, I also liked that. Uh, we do we do have to talk about the the fee and uh, tech ship sailing. In this oh my god! Yeah. I know. When like, this so when this popped much. up in her first episode. I was like, I, I saw that people were shipping them, and she obviously she calls them brown eyes yeah. at the beginning, and I'm just like, man, Star Wars will not stop with random straight people. But I'm actually <laughs> I've, I've reversed. I'm on board now. Yeah, it's no, fine. because my favorite moment of this episode was that moment when Tech shot the grappling hook up, and he like asked for consent to hoist Fee yeah. up instead of just like doing it like some swashbuckling hero would. Which is funny because Star Wars loves the swashbuckling hero moment. Exactly. You haven't seen it, Andy, but there's two famous ones in the original trilogy of a similar rope swing. And uh, one of them is is meant very much to, to evoke the hero and the like love interest swinging yeah. to safety. It ages poorly. <laughs> but Fee ain't yeah, no damsel. Say, oh. <laughs> um, it's so cute. This was They're a movie so from cute. 1977. It's weird enough. It's weird enough that it makes you like them. <laughs> it's a weird yeah, enough well, and like, that it makes you root for them. She's sort of like she's decided to manic pixie dream girl tech, which I think is very funny. Like she's just like, you need to talk to humans you are not related to. Um, yeah. And yeah, that tech, one she's tech's answer of no is also really funny. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, tech is like actually the best character. Like, not gonna lie, he is so fucking funny. Yeah, everything he says and does makes me laugh. And I, I think uh, it's time to give this is a good hunter episode. Time to give credit. He's not the main oh, focus. Oh, thank God, there was a good hunter episode. Yeah, they they it. Finally hearkened back to his status as first dad of Omega. He got one of those like, oh, that's your kid, isn't it? Uh, lines again. And also they finally remembered his abilities. Uh, Hunter can sense earthquakes was have. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, oh, he's a he's a dog. He's like running away before the earthquake. And it's something I, I in the original Bad Batch story reels. Hunter was way creepier. And like his sort of like super senses were not were were way more exaggerated and they toned down on it for the the finished version and also really toned down on it in the series. He's just kind of a guy and he's, he's good guy. with a knife. He's a dude. And but he I, I like that they remembered that he's one of the five enhanced clones and uh, actually did something with it. And it oh. was so it oh, the yeah, dread was, was great. He was, and also way back to the beginning of the episode in the in the cantina, there was that moment when the Biff next to him was about to like steal some of his money, and he was like, "No." Yep. And then no, he was... shot the knife at the at the bug. The knife was so cool. I fucking loved the knife. Yeah, I've noticed. Uh, I think Fee's got the same knife. Uh, she was using it. She's got one of her own. A lot of knives. A lot of knives in this group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm now now just imagining the uh, what do you got a knife vine with a Omega. Knife. They're all just stabby boys. Yeah. Well, Wrecker's yeah. an explodey boy. 
Yeah. I also, I have also repeatedly clowned the animation throughout Clone Wars for the one thing they can't do is water. But they've never been able to do water and they figured it out. It looked great. They figured it, it out. And how did they so showcase it? Good. A tsunami. Yeah. I well, I literally like but the whole episode, the animation. I have a friend who just started watching Clone Wars and I'm like, OK, I know the anime, the animation sucks, but holy shit. Wait, wait for it. Because watching Omega, like, running with Liana, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she looks incredible. Like, this is the animation. I don't know what, what it was about that moment, but I was just like, the way they are running, I was like, oh, my God. Season one Clone Wars would not look at Well, and Rebels way. can't do it. Rebels will never figure out its characters' weights. They will always oh, yeah. look a little weightless. And Rebels had a budget, unfortunately, a little bit in the toilet in the early Disney era before they made a fuck ton of money off Force Awakens. Um, but it, and it's one of the hardest things to do in animation is give your characters that groundedness of gravity. Uh, but Bad Batch has it. And they also figured out really well. I don't know if they're looking at kids or like they mocap a little bit, but Omega moves like an actual child. Rather than a tiny adult. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it was, I, I was talking about this with uh, regards to The Last of Us with a friend where why I like. Bella Ramsey's Ellie way more than that game Ellie because yes. game Ellie looks like you shrank an adult and Bella Ramsey looks like a 14 year old in I, the way they I, have her done up. I feel the exact same way. I feel the exact same way about Ellie. Yeah. That I like, I like Bella Ramsey's Ellie a thousand times more than um, Ashley. Whatever. No, it's not even the actress. It's the animation. It's the way yeah. that she looks. Ashley Johnson's great. She's been in yeah, literally Johnson everything. She it's yeah. a shock she hasn't been in Star Wars. That's oh uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and I I loved Ashley Johnson playing Ellie's mom. I I mean, it was just like, oh gosh. Sorry, that's We're a off topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have seen the whole series, but we are wildly off topic. I was it, I, we were tangentially on topic, but we've gone we've gone full one piece here. Ugh. I know. I love I guys, I lo I love it. I love Last of Us. I love It's zombies. great. Um, but yes, anyway, so yeah, I just loved it. Oh gosh, so yeah. good, so good. I love Omega. Well, and I, I also really like that this this show honest or this episode honestly reminded me a little bit of a cartoon series I used to watch when I was a child called Rescue Heroes. Um, which was about like sort of super first responders. But the the so the like the villain of the week was an emergency of the week. Uh, and I liked that there wasn't a villain in this episode because there could never be in it, Like it, this is the episode showing them nice, the, the, the utopia. Yeah. But the tsunami as the antagonist was cool. <laughs> I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it gave, the stakes were sufficiently high. Um, I thought, I thought folks were going to die on the, uh, when the, they realized that they were going to bottleneck into the stairs. I was like, oh, death toll incoming. No, nope, but I mean, it's honestly, it's it's really, really telling that there was no death toll this episode. Yeah. No, it has. It's because there's only three episodes left and one of them is called Tipping Points and it has to start on Pabu because they just agreed to stay there. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I don't feel good about our boys. <laughs> They're happy for now. Oh, wait. No, guys, didn't you know this was the series finale? Yeah. Well, so it could have been. That's the crazy thing. 
No, it yeah, was. I it was. There's. They're, they're they're just happy. They're just happy. And Crosshair is, yeah. Crosshair was will be fine. <laughs> well, so I I uh, am now. I'm really interested to see whether next episode is the destruction of Pabu, or whether the consequences for the batch will be more personal. Oh, I hope the latter. Yeah. Well, maybe both. I mean, I think I it did. I think we're going to diverge off Pabu and the Sid that are in sort of the non-Empire plot lines for the rest of the season. We'll go back fully into the clone stuff. I just am wondering, I don't know whether Omega is going to get kidnapped or whether they're going to go to Mount Tantus and unwittingly bring Omega to the worst place she could be. That's my that's my sort of big question for this this coming episode. Well, I definitely think that this coming episode is going to be Sid focused. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think this is that's the tipping point. That's Sid threatened Omega. Sid knows about the Bad Batch. Aside from Rampart and Crosshair, the Empire is still not looking for them. So I think this is I think it's going to be the moment where the Empire realizes they're still alive and they have value. Yeah. Yeehaw. That about it. That's about it that I had. Yeah. Yeah. I, it wasn't I just, an episode full of tragedy. So it's like there's less to say because it was like, I everything gonna yeah. be good in the end. But at least at the same time, there's so much because this I think we're gonna keep work this is gonna be an episode we'll be referencing. Yeah. For this a is, while. <laughs> they, a while. This is yeah. what I love when series do. If they back down from it, I will be incensed. This is a seismic stat no pun intended status quo shift for the series if pabu is the batch's new home and the conflicts are taking them away from a good life now uh it's different than we're mercenaries and we're we're making our way through the galaxy to survive and if if tech and fee Omega and Liana, it's all these attachments and things that'll mean something for them, which is stakes. It's great. I love it when shows do this. And I also like when they surprise me with it. I wasn't expecting it. I realized like halfway through, I was I was like, oh, they're doing everything I ever wanted. <laughs> um, I did also yell when Wrecker got pulled back when he's saving the mayor. He got pulled back off the ladder onto the the wall by the townspeople. I literally yelled metaphor <laughs> at the screen. Yeah. I do shit like that. Metaphor. Yeah, it was, That's so it funny. was uh it was good. I'm I'm excited and terrified for the rest of the season. I <laughs> did not see that next week is uh, the two it's Yeah. It's the two-parter. They're releasing them at the same time. Yeah. They're not they're not caminoing us. We Which, don't if we we don't actually know if there's a third season. We do not. We're, we're I, speculating. We're I speculating. think there's far too much to wrap. I was thinking about that. I was like, what if they just? What if it ends and they return to Pabu and that's the show? But I I, I don't think stop. No fucking way. I'd be. Pissed. I don't think it. There's too much in the plot in plots that they've created that they didn't have to. There's too much going on. For it to be wrapped up in three episodes. Yeah. Because we've got the clone assassin stuff. Hasn't been touched. Um, We've got. Boba. 
that is not a thing the show's ever dealt with, so I'm not well, going to count I that. I feel like they've referenced Bobo the yeah, one time. They did, they did but they I don't think once. that's a dang. That's not even a Zillow Beast level dangling plot <sighs> hole. It would be great. It's something I hope season three does something yeah. with. But uh, oh, oh, are you, ta- are you talking about season two plot threads? I'm talking about the show overall. Okay. Like, well, yeah, because stuff like stuff that they need to wrap up. Yeah. I don't think they've even started. Rex and Echo, I, I. Because Rex and Echo have been absent, I think we're either going to get a lot of them in the rest of the season or we're going to get them back going forward. So I thought I had in this episode when they were talking about refugees from the Empire, a place hidden away, is if, let's say, Tipping Points is about the confrontation with Sid off-world. There's no link to Pabu. Um, and they choose to, or like, the, it, Omega is not kidnapped from Pabu. The Empire never comes there. That's where you take the clones. That's what I was thinking, too. That is exactly what I was thinking. Is I was like, oh, this is already just like a place where refugees go. This is the clone haven. This is the clone sanctuary. And yeah. uh, that'd and be crazy. And this is how you remove a lot of them from the galactic scale. You have scattered veterans who didn't make it, like the clone in Obi-Wan. And you, but they don't all have to die. This is the Ahsoka leaves the Jedi of, of clone fates. And I am, I, I, I think, I think it was intentional, especially with how we were, how the clones are shown becoming like the parallels to veterans, homeless veterans who need shelter in the modern day is striking as of last episode. So I, I can't imagine this is, I think, I think that's going to have to be the focus of season three if not the focus of the finale. I think the finale is going to be getting Crosshair back. I think that's what Plan 99 means. Clone yeah, Force 99 so. as a whole, including Rex and Echo. Maybe I'm rolling and everybody dies. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't... Maybe actually everyone dies and then the show's over and there is no third season. I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm not going to get up early, but I'll probably watch the episode tomorrow morning. Yay! Oh, yeah. Only a couple hours behind Calvin instead of like a day or two. <laughs> yeah, but remember, I'm insane. So yeah, you're insane. I'm also not caught up on Mandalorian. I'm I I finally am wa- am watching the season, uh, but I'm a week I'm a week about to be two weeks behind. Mm. It's been fun. It's been yeah. Really it's fun. been hard for me to be a hater. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like I like season three Mandalorian. I like redacted redhead too much. Yeah. All right. Shh. Okay. Um. Let's end this now, but we're not gonna end the podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll see y'all we're... after the break. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye bye. Time travel. Tipping Point, Season 2, Episode 14 of The Bad Batch, Tipping Point. So this episode has, like, four main sections. Um, In the first section, we've got this fun little action bit where Rex, not not Rex, where Echo and Gregor and a few other clones uh, rescue Hauser and some other clones from an Imperial transport. Meet up with Chuchi, and they're having fun. And then we cut to Crosshair, and he is getting tortured by Dr. Hemlock and Emery. He escapes, calls the Bad Batch. They recapture him. 
we cut to Pabu, where Tech is teaching Omega some driving, and Echo comes back. They're all happy fun times until they realize that Crosshair has been taken by the Empire. They don't know whether this is a trap or a genuine call for help. And then we cut back to Mount Tantus, where Crosshair is being subjected to even worse torture. So. Okay, I got things to say. So first of all, first, I this was such this was so good because I was like, okay, shit's going to hit the fan. And then shit didn't hit the fan, which made me which is like how I know, like, man, shit is really about to hit the motherfucking fan. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I think we're going to have them. I p- I'm putting the on mother the mother of all cliffhangers at the yeah. end of this season. Yeah. Um, I do think that the Sid plot line is going to be postponed until next season at this point. Um, if they didn't resolve it in this episode, it's definitely going to be something that is in I season three. I don't know. Unless if I it's agree the first that. shoe that drops in yeah. the beginning of the finale. Yeah. Like that. Um, I think. Well, well, so I can't remember who who guessed it last episode, but I think that that's the thing is that Sid is going to be the one to give them away. Yeah. Like they're the empires looking for them. Well, we've been thinking that since like metamorphosis, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the question is now whether they go to Mount Tantus of their own accord or whether them snatching Omega because they didn't get Crosshair's warning. So they don't know. Well, they did get Crosshair's warning. But he didn't warn them about Omega. Well, no, but he said Plan 88, the seeker, which means that they are seeking them. That's so true. like they're looking f- the, the batch knows that they are being sought again. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So, yeah. But that's um, the end of the episode. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. Andy. It was really awesome. It was very like the way that they showed us all of these quiet moments and and they were but they were like so tense and there was so much tension throughout the whole episode like even on Pabu when it was supposed to be like relaxed i was freaking out because i was like oh my god like when is the bad thing gonna happen and then nothing bad really truly happened like obviously crosshair getting tortured is bad but it's like whatever Um, crosshair must suffer yeah crosshair the narrative demands it this was this was our i think our first canonical uh appearance of the uh imperial interrogator droid i did also think of that this little this ball guy interesting okay um originally introduced in the very first movie Oh, well, ha ha ha, ways away. Um, I want to say, I do want to say, there was someone named Nemec in this. Did you that, yeah, that? Yeah, that threw me for a okay, so Except it's so Nemec with a I C. I googled it. I, yeah, I literally was like, I like didn't want to look up spoilers, but I was like, I just want to make sure that the spelling of Nemec is different from the spelling of Nemec in the captions of this. The funny thing like, is, yeah. <laughs> is that... It, with with what I know about how Star Wars production works, the animation live action teams are separate enough that each team independently cooked up the name Nemec and figured that's a great Star Wars name, probably roughly at the same time, and then like independently released two Nemecs into the world. I okay, I'm glad that you guys caught that too because I was so confused and I had to go back and like rewatch a bunch of stuff because I sat and pondered it for so long that I missed like half the episode. Um thinking being like, what are the implications of Nemec being here? And I, I think like, the implications are even that him. Nemec is just like not a not an out of nowhere Star Wars name. Well they're also spelled yeah. differently. Like Nemec the clone is M E N E M E C. And yeah. Nemec the person who gets 
horribly crushed in Andor. Nemec the pancake. Nemec the pan. Fuck you. Don't say that. Um, N e m i k. So yeah, the i k is yeah. Yeah. Nemec the philosopher. Oh my lord. Oh my. So this lord. is where our priorities are different. I spent this whole sequence at the beginning trying to figure out what unit the clones were from. Um, oh my god. Because they've got the well, because they've got that dark armor. And so I was like, are, have they customized it? And the answer is they're the 41st, which is just the, the troopers that were on Kashyyyk uh, in Revenge oh. of the Sith. Hmm. They're like very camo-y and have the green visors. So are you talking about the ones that were like with Hauser and the prisoners or the ones that were? No, with the Echo ones with Echo. Echo's yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, um, what other things that I great. have to say about this sequence? Oh, very cool. It was one of the better. I, I think. I just think of Andy now every time there's a mid-action sequence in an animated Star Wars episode. Because, like, I've watched a million of them, and I, I, I've i just sort of gotten used to it. But when Andy pointed out, it's like, I get bored during some of the normal action. I now really see it when there's a great one. And I thought yeah. this was a pretty great one. Yes, I um, agree. This, and the surprise, like, because I... I think I may have even said it last episode. I did not buy a Rex and Echo episode. We didn't see Rex pointedly, yeah. but I didn't think Echo was coming back till the finale, maybe even midway through the finale. And so when that drops out, the ship drops out of hyperspace and it immediately cuts to like Gregor and Echo. I was like, oh shit. We're and going, that's like, where Gregor's been the entire time. Yeah, too. that that is honestly what got me like hyped up to watch that action sequences. I was like, oh my God, like it's Gregor. And and obviously Echo. I did yes. first do the Beyonce meme at Hauser, where yeah. I like did the I was like yeah pointing at the screen because he, I honestly thought and and I it figures he would show up again. I thought he got shot. I thought he was executed, especially yeah. after uh, Captain Wilco at the beginning of the season pulled a Hauser a little mm -hmm. bit. I figured he killed him. And oh. nope, our uh, the inexplicably best looking clone is back, and he's still hot. And oh he's my still god! Hot. Um, I thought that it's really interesting that we're like what one year into the Empire, and this dude is already indoctrinated enough to cyanide pill himself. Because yeah. like he's not indoctrinated in the way that that clone was, because the clone was genetically engineered. But like this dude is just a conscript. Yeah. But like, so we know what there are. Calvin, we know what they're already doing yeah. at this point. So yeah. they like that exists. This level of zealotry existed in the shadows, even of the Republic. Yeah. So but yeah, and, and, and the, the cyanide stuff seems particularly tied to the science division, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty hardcore if you're just a guy who got a biology degree. What was it? The special science division? The advanced science advanced division? Advanced science division. Yeah. Wild. Um, uh, which I actually think in this next episode is going to get a new name, but I can't. Uh, I'll, I will just gloat after the finale if I'm right. Okay. Yeah, don't say anything because maybe spoilers, but also I don't quite know what you're talking about, but I would. Tell me next time. <laughs> tell me next yep. time. Um, so I definitely was thinking on rewatch of this episode. I was kind of thinking, I think after Metamorphosis, they were looking for any way to get Crosshair to Mount Tantus. After, like, Hemlock decided that he wanted the Bad Batch and Omega, they knew that Crosshair was still in Imperial service and that they were looking for 
any excuse to get him away. And so that's kind of why they like spirited him away, spirited him away to someplace like the outpost so that he could be driven to his tipping point. And the, but, but I don't actually think that's correct because the, they didn't know the bad batch. uh, They didn't know the bad batch exist. Hemlock was revealed that the bad batch was there after crosshair arrived. Lama Sue gave that information up that they, they needed Omega. Metamorphosis they, I, was before the outpost. Oh, yes, it was. Okay, never mind. I've got my timelines mixed up. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I agree. Thank you for saying that, though, Calvin. I literally thought I was tripping balls for a second. I was like, what sorry, is, what is going on? <laughs> but yeah, I kind of think that they were, you know, kind of angling for Crosshair to do something, anything wrong so that they could bring him in so that they could use him to lure the Bad Batch over. Yeah, certainly for him to outlive his usefulness, even if they weren't waiting, like if he was just like, I, I agree with you that they were waiting for a move. I'm curious what their end game is with him and the Bad Batch in particular, because we even with the hints we get in this episode. We don't know anything about the clone assassins still. It wasn't yeah, a mystery. Yeah, it wasn't a mystery that was bugging me earlier in the season because I just figured they'd tell us. I but assumed now it would be solved. Well, I mean, I guess cutting ahead a little bit to Hemlock's conversation with Tarkin. Um, yeah, there were some great glup shit moments in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hemlock was saying we have... Tarkin was saying that, um, we, you know, oh, we have clone dissidents in our own ranks. We need to work on that. And um, Hemlock yeah. was saying we have uh, contingencies in place to prevent that. These contingencies are obviously the clone X's. Um, yeah, and I, I like it's a good I mean, Tarkin is always going to be the skeptical one. But I like that from literally aftermath, the first episode of the series, he has been skeptical of the clone soldiers. And to his eye, been well, no, right. from from the Citadel, he's been skeptical of the clone soldiers, right? Uh, in that point, he was skeptical of the Jedi leadership of the clones. Yeah. OK, but he's been he's always been like there. The Republic Army or the, the army would be better served with like conscripts under the yeah. control of military enlisted officers. Um, but like it's interesting to see Hemlock slide very smoothly into the Rampart role because that was how Rampart made his name was I have solved the clone problem. I've yeah. created War Mantle. And now we've got. Hemlock, who after War Mantle was successfully implemented and there was no need for Rampart, Hemlock is like, I can deal with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll make assets out of them and I'll get rid of the rest. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious about because the clones on Mount Tantus per Hauser are all dissidents. So how do we get from there to the true believer guy in the uh, in the clone assassin suit? That's the that's my big question. Yeah. I mean, and we see the shot of all of these clones just like in cells and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, I really liked the sort of POV of Crosshair as he walks past all his brothers in the cells. Um, One very notable quote to me from that Tarkin conversation was um, Tarkin saying, I will expect a full briefing of your plan at the summit, because what's the title of the next episode? 
The Summit. It's called The Summit. And I love that months ago, when all these episode titles were revealed, everyone we was were like, like, that's the, that's that's the, the Mount Tantus, Tantus episode. That's Mount Tantus. But no, wordplay, it's a war summit. It's not a literal summit. It is a but, business summit. But the summit. war summit is definitely, at least in some part, happening at the mountain summit. Yeah. So goofballs it's just so cool to me that's just that that blew my mind when, when tarkin said the words the summit pew. yeah i let out an oh shit <sighs> i feel yeah. like i don't know i think the co- really awesome thing about this episode which i usually i don't know look i don't like episodes that always have to like rely on other episodes to be good but this episode has me really excited for the next for like the, the finale yeah no this was like the this was the movie this was the announcement of yes um, this was like the perfect like just like ramp up to what's next you guys have seen you guys both seen doctor who right yeah i have not uh, so tell me in season four of doctor (laughs) who the big finale with the daleks there's like a a moment where everybody all the tangential players sort of end up on the same team they're on the same like holo call and it's like the an early avengers assemble moment where everyone from every little story over the last 4 years comes together and that's sort of what this felt like on a on a smaller level yeah. where all the plot lines came together mm-hmm. i did i didn't say it at the time but when andy was talking about how the vibes were rancid I did want to mention that this is, I think, my favorite thing the new uh, Star Wars animation does is that they're like anticipation episodes before the other shoe drops are my yeah. favorite. The beginning of Shattered and Clone oh Wars when we're just waiting for Order I was 66. just thinking about that. But also my favorite one is actually one we'll get to, I believe, next, which is Rebel Season 2. The, the episode before the finale mm-hmm. of Rebels Season 2 is the most ominous, like, doom-impending shit I've ever seen. I thought the whole cast was going to die. I was like, I was like we, are, we are getting a body count in the finale, and I will not tell you what happened, but it was great, and uh, Rebels Season 2 nailed its finale after that, and I'm hopeful for Bad Batch to nail, nail this finale. I just rewatched the Rebels season two finale a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one to rewatch even on its own. Um, yeah, it's it a was banger, just, except not. For I, I cannot wait until you get there, Andy. But that will be, I don't know, maybe around like September, October, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, our inflection point. Yeah. Um. So do you guys want to talk I'm, about I mean, crosshair? Like, yeah, crosshair yes. getting tortured. Yeah, or trying to escape. Yeah, that that. <sighs> I I don't know. I like to see Crosshair suffer. He's Crosshair is a really like fun character to watch. I I don't know. I every time he says wrong, I get hyped. Uh, they've made it yeah. such a good recurring bit. He's um, so he's so interesting, and the way they animate him. I don't know. Yeah, I His facial I agree. expressions are really detailed. I found Crosshair less than compelling early in Bad Batch, and I, while I would not describe myself as a particularly big Crosshair fan, I have really enjoyed his story from pretty much like the back half of season one on, and really, especially in season two, even though we haven't had that much of him, it's been great. And they're really purposeful with the what they're doing with his character right now. Like, the, yeah. all of his... All of his actions feel so purposeful, not just for him, but for the writing team. Um, 
him shooting the clones but not the scientist interesting and the way he like wait the aren't way they tk he, troopers and not clones that's true but yeah. yeah shooting the soldiers in white armor who were detaining him who are yes obviously tk troopers because they're imprisoning the clones yeah. um i thought he shot a clone commando but that that could have been somebody else but i saw also I saw a couple things sort of disagreeing about whether Crosshair started his mission as an escape attempt or was always going for the warning. I mean, that whole thing felt very staged to me on like Emery and the TK Troopers and Hemlock's part. That gun was right there in like his where he could reach. And Emery was like not doing anything to fight. So like it really felt like they were vying for him to get out so that he could get a warning out. I think that would be interesting, interesting. analysis of of Crosshair's character to that point by the by the Imperials because you'd think by sort of like looking at him and listening to him he'd be selfish and go on his own, but they also know now that he shot his commanding officer when a fellow clone was uh neglected. So I think I had not considered that possibility. I was thinking more just about Crosshair's internal stuff, but I, I we'll get to Emery, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if it was a setup. Yeah. I mean, like on Crosshair's part, whether it was him tr- originally trying to escape and then realizing, oh, fuck, I'm drugged. I can't even shoot straight. I just need to get a warning out. Or no, whether I, it was I, always get a warning, but I, I definitely think, think that that whole thing was staged on the Imperials' part. Well, and we've talked about this several times, how Crosshair is ready to die after the outpost. I think he was always, his goal there was only to warn his brothers I think so and Omega. Too. Yeah. Well, and he, I uh, think, because Omega was so kind to him in season one, that even when he chose to leave, like he... Their interactions had a huge impact on him, I would imagine. And I'm really excited for them to interact again. Well, and I think he's realized, like, he fucked up. He picked the wrong side and he can't really continue to blame his brothers when he over and over and over again has has made this bad decision, you know? Like, not, not that it's like. I don't know, cause, cause like Crosshair is a victim, and so I hate to be like it's your own damn fault. But it's also like you can't blame your friends when like they tried to help you and then you wouldn't accept their help. Yeah, you, you know? and like Hunter owned his mistake of not going yeah. of of not going back for Crosshair as much as Crosshair I think rightfully believes they should have. Uh, but as long as we're taking Crosshair at face value and his chips out. He's cho- he chose the Empire, and I've been judging yeah. Crosshair. Oh, sort of yeah. Post finale of season one, I judge Crosshair Crosshair very harshly, and yes. which is why I'm glad he's suffering for his redemption. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I I will say, just side note, I no longer um, believe that Crosshair still has this chip in. I yeah. have I let think, go of that theory. I just think narratively, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was going definitely going for the warning. Yeah, because I, I agree. I would say I think Crosshair's he has no like true self-preservation left in him. Um, and I'm really excited for the for when they reunite. Hopefully they reuni- reunite. 
Hopefully Crosshair doesn't fucking die or something. <laughs> that I feel like would be I, I right now they're doing well enough with his story and actually giving it the time to be a successful Zuko that I'm excited for him to rejoin the rejoin the batch, I assume. Yeah. Uh, if they killed him, I would be quite annoyed. Um, Kill Echo and replace him with Crosshair. Oh well, that's and, well, that's and, like I do think I do think Echo is still the odd man out in a one must die scenario unless we really want to go for the shock wrecker death but uh no. I, I, really I i i i don't think that will happen i think um, i think you know it's this sounds terrible i will be so sad when echo dies but i think it's it has to be him not just because i like, do think oh. it has to be him eventually yeah, no, I don't know if it's it, going to be next week or in yeah. season three, but I do think I do think Echo's mission is going to get him killed. And I, I think the character Echo knows this and is OK with it. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and do you think especially... Rex is marked for death? Mm, no. Well, so I think Rex is doing an interestingly good job at staying out of the spotlight. Like, so we we know he was he was Captain Rex of the 501st and uh He's supposed to be dead. So I think he's doing a good job staying out of uh, Imperial eyes. Although obviously he doesn't know that Anakin is Vader. We don't even know if Vader has appeared on the scene yet. Um, To the yeah. to the wider public. So, yeah, I don't. I, I, I think it was notable that Rex was not in Vader this comics. episode. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even in um, Trace and Rafa's uh, garage. No. It Which was, uh, neither were Trace and Rafa. I want Trace and Rafa to appear again. Yes. Oh my gosh, I miss Trace and Rafa. I think my my thing with Rex is I think that they are either saving Rex stuff. Well, he'll, I think he'll come. I think he'll be. I'm hoping he'll be in the finale at some point. But I think Rex stuff is more season three, and that Agreed. if they're going to kill him or do something big with him, it's going to be season three like i think next season is is that big like what's gonna happen to the clones how do we save the clones totally and that's agreed. that's rex's whole deal the only way i could see them not doing like something kind of finite with rex in bad batch is if they were planning on doing like a or or at least like holding off on, in case they want to do a rex thing but i, I can't imagine that they would you know Personally, I can't imagine that they'd be like, yeah, let's have a Rex movie. So. But maybe. Yeah, I but missed I Rex be... this episode. Yeah, I, I miss Rex. He was, I think... I think, the one the one piece that prevented it from being like a perfect like, oh, my God, it's episode. every plot line. Yeah. You know, I've got was, my cat named Cody Ahsoka. Cody wasn't. Cody's yeah, absence continues to be liked, conspicuous. Yeah, I would have liked Cody to be in this I, episode. But I have it, to imagine yeah. he's either going to show up with Rex in, yeah. in the finale. And they kiss. Or he's going to be in a cell and Crosshair's going to be like, oh, God. When you went AWOL, they told me you went AWOL, you're here. Or well, there was one of those clones in the cell that I thought was Cody for a half second, but then I was like, no, wait, no, they, they would have given him more significance if it was actually Cody. Yeah, um, especially given the lingering screen or lingering shots we do get in this episode, which is what, how I want to transition to my the person I'm most fascinated with in on the show right now 
is Dr. Emery. She, she is an enigma. She captivates me because uh, now given Calvin's thing, I, if, if she was setting up crosshair, then I get her motivations and like what she was talking about when, when crosshair was, uh, had the blaster drawn on her, but she was, she just continues to be so compassionate towards the clones and crosshair in particular. Sus. It's such a dumb fan theory ish thing. But she looks like an adult female she's gotta, clone. She's got to be a motherfucking clone. She, the problem I is, like, is that I think it debunks uh, uh, Omega being trans if this girl's a clone. Well, she can and be trans too. I guess that's trans true. Trans people exist. Oh trans. my God. Well, she, works, I have... <laughs> she works in the science division. She could get hormones a piece of cake. Yeah, I just feel like like I don't think Star Wars is that woke. So they'll just be like, yeah, they're genetically modified to be women. Well, and and so I, that's why I don't. And I'll stab myself in the eye. I want true. to believe that Emery is a clone. I want to believe that she, even unknowingly, is part of this whole genetic experimentation that she's participating in. But I just I like I feel like I feel like Boo Boo the Fool. Like I I know I'm getting setting up. I'm <laughs> yeah. putting the clown makeup on. Yeah. Um. She could. She, she calls be. them. She calls them by their names. If she's not a clone, I'm more fascinated by her. It's such a choice to have her she call them like, by their names. She was like, "Think this through, Crosshair." I, I like, don't oh think. Oh my girl, shut up! Don't call. And them I that. don't think Hemlock ever uses Crosshair's name or his number or his number. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's also the bit of him just inhaling the poison. <gasps> so no, true. This man behavior. is. I um. No, this man has a voice that has me kind of feeling some type of way. I know that he's a sicko. Hey, I know yo. that he's a sicko. Bad Batch Twitter also, would boo you off the internet. But also... Although they no, thought Rampart like was that. hot. It'd be like that. Ew, stop. Rampart is such an incel. This guy is like 10 times hotter than Rampart. I do. I. He's also one I want to know a little bit more about. Just like less like mm. I don't care. I don't care if he was bullied as a child. I just kind of want to know what his deal is. You were saying that what's his face was a deossified Jeremy Renner. I, I am say saying that. Oh that Dr. Hemlock is a deossified Frankenfurter. No. What the hell is no. Frankenfurter? You haven't seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, you know, I haven't because I've been holding off to go to a live show. Tam Curry slays. You have to no, watch it. They're scientists with velvety voices. Tim, Tim Curry, the world's worst Palpatine. <laughs> I think. Oh, my God. They're both um, scientists with velvety voices. I stand by this. Back. They need to get Tim Curry back and let him go ham on let a Star Wars animated role. Let him play a sexy scientist. Let it, or just let him be a goofball and not not Palpatine for three episodes after the one guy died. Can I talk about Pabu? Yes. Yeah, we can probably. Yeah, I mean, we, we're done with like the. Oh, I mean, like, Archie and Echo fucking. No. Stop. No. Nobody in Star Wars is ever Chuchi, fucking. Actually, it is a let me sexless franchise. This. this is a sexless, sexless franchise. Um uh 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 was beautiful. Chuchi being in this episode, I was like, wow, I'm gonna freak. I'm gonna just lose my mind. I was like, perfect. Um, I did think best I get sad whenever I think about sort of the Clone Wars connections to this because all of Chuchi's friends are dead. 
like top, Padme's dead, Ahsoka's dead. She's carrying on there. Ahsoka's not dead, but to her mind, she she's carrying on the work of her friends at great risk, a, a doomed work. And it just like the tragedy of it all really got me seeing Chuchi with the clones. It's okay. Don't worry about it because Chuchi, I've got her. I'll take care of her. Don't worry about her. She's fine. We're fine. Chuchi and Echo can join each other in heaven. No, Chuchi is my <laughs> wife. My wife. I on I don't think Chuchi is as doomed by the narrative as Echo, but she's getting close. She's getting close. She's really getting close. It's like the more screen time she has, the more yeah. like <laughs> if you if you aren't a one episode guest star, your doom factor you're and you, if you survive your guest appearance and then reappear in multiple episodes, it somehow makes you more dead. More, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's dead. exponentially like like it's two times two times two times two times two. Yeah. You know? It eventually gets to twenty forty eight and you're just like, and Oh, well, you're dead. <laughs> And her just making like a slight appearance in this episode really made me feel like, oh, she is going to fucking die. But it's fine. It's fine. We won't talk about it right now because I can't even like mentally handle the thought of Senator. Let's Chief. go to Pabu then. It's if all Pabu. It's all I sunshine, yeah, lollipops and go. rainbows. I can't even talk about it. Everything. Um, Pabu. So so the nice thing about Pabu is that it's definitely not going to work out for the clones. Right. Like this. They were they were way too like ham-fisted with being like and this is their gonna this could be their home and they could live here and i was like and pabu will be destroyed this next episode because that's the only possible thing that i could imagine i think it's gonna be destroyed at some point in season three i think it's gonna kind of become the home base in season three because i think that a lot of the season two finale is gonna be on mount tantus but i definitely think that fee and the archeon will be a little bit more prominent in season three. I but yeah. I think even if Pabu isn't destroyed, I think Andy's right about it not being the long-term future. Like, I think it could, mm. there could be a scenario where Pabu is just fine and they can't live there. They were shown the perfect future and because of what happened, maybe because of saving Crosshair, they can no longer live there. Yeah, yeah. I think... that's I That's think- as juicy story-wise for me as it being blown the fuck up because the Bad Batch were there. <laughs> well, and the thing with with them is that, like, it was, they could be on Pabu when, like, everyone isn't looking for them, but when the entire Empire is like, we need to find Clone Troop 99, like, they can't, they, they them being on Pabu is going to cause them a lot of problems and bring yeah. a lot of It would danger. mean they could never leave, basically. Yeah. And they're gonna have to leave because I think they are gonna vote to go find crosshair yeah or omega is going to be kidnapped either way they're going to have to leave yeah so so yeah i don't think probably was going to work out i honestly don't even think like having a nice life where they settle down and omega can just be a kid like that is not how things happen and i think that's like kind of the point of the empire is that like no one can live a truly happy life under the empire so i think that it kind of directly goes against like the theme of everything that we've seen so far, which is like, like we saw Ezra grow up in fucking horrible, a horrible life. Like his parents were killed and he's grown up having to steal. You his parents I mean? like, are still in prison. Oh, you're right. I keep thinking they're fucking yeah. dead. Um, you're so right. We learned, we literally learned that last season. Um, but he, lo- he grew up without them. Yeah. He grew up without them. And, um, but overall, I feel like, 
it it feels wrong to me for them to just be okay. Like, I don't think that the that the Bad Batch can just like I'm talking like end game, like end of season three. I don't think like Omega can have a house and be happy with her dad. Well, I I so I think Omega gets her future or gets her dad's. Uh, like, yeah, that is so fun. That's like the exact thing I was just going to say. Yeah. Either Omega lives a life fighting the Empire, danger, and uh, not having a normal childhood, being a child soldier, or she gets to grow up and be an adventurer and make her way in the galaxy with Help without liberate her dad's. ancient wonders. I mean, I, I could see a Fee and Omega ending yeah. with, the, with the batch either... Uh, dead or forced to leave her we'll see oh, heartbroken no but, i'm gonna but, be so sad next week yeah i'm gonna be like, so sad next before week. that let's talk about omega's driving lessons with continued funniest character on the show Tech. so fucking good so good. oh my god the way talk that about crosshairs so expressions anxious. text like oh my god i'm a parent <laughs> teaching my kid to drive and then was, the tech turn, I yeah. was like, I'm going to fucking pee my pants. I so freaked cute. out. She, I can't believe he let her drift the Marauder. Outstanding. I know. And, oh my gosh. And he was like, you'd better do it before I, I come to my senses. There, that It was so good. It was like the thing that this episode, I think, really needed before all of the horrors. I also really yeah. liked uh, as as sort of lukewarm as I was on the way the batch handled Echo's departure in the episode. I really liked how they handled it on the way back where Omega freaked out and hugged him and jumped on him. I and know. Hunter sort of like was like did this sort of like acknowledging him as a brother kind of thing. And Tech was just like, hi, and then moved on to what was important. Exactly. That was one of my notes was like Tech did not even say hi. It's the autism. But like, yeah, but that actually I thought made the way he handled his departure because they matched. It was yeah. and they had that conversation, him and Omega in the next yeah. episode. It retroactively made a thing I disliked earlier in the season, like Something play better liked. for me. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved I loved Omega running up and hugging him and him being like, it hasn't been that long. And she's just so happy. But it was so funny because the last time we actually I think it's the same episode now but it was the last time we recorded you mentioned the like weightlessness and omega jumping into uh echo's arms i was like <laughs> the animation for that was not the best it's <laughs> tough like she floated for a second but also kids kind of do that I, the, my favorite thing about the way they're animating omega this season is that she is the age to be all arms and legs and she's like the exact amount of like skinny and gangly that you are sometimes when you're 12. And I, I really appreciated that. I mean, honestly, uh, talk of Omega being trans. She kind of looks like she's built like a 12 year old boy. She's perfect. I love she's her amazing. So much. I oh. am also very scared for her next week. Stop. I'm going to cry. No, I'm if there's so one. I, no, no. Omega will not die. If there's one oh, person no. who is She's safe. She's not going to die. She's going to heal. I'm thinking about her shit, trauma. Though. She's yeah. going to be yeah, physically okay. fine. But, but like yeah. Omega shows up in toll. season three with emo bangs is a plausible future. <laughs> oh, please. please. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I just, you know who? Sorry, complete change of topic. You know who Dr. Himlock reminds me of? Your it's mom. Prince Humperdinck. From The Princess Bride. 
Huh. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Weird. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, like, no, this guy just gives off, like, I know him from somewhere. Like, the vibes the voice actor. are there. He wasn't. I know him. He's, he's, uh, I mean, the, the way the poison and the way they're animating his face, he did give me a little bit Silco from Arcane vibes. I have not seen Arcane, so no, not oh, that. But like, I don't know. I mean, that di- diabolical, just like overly calm villain. I don't know. Like, um, but go on <laughs> back to back, back to Echo um, and Omega and Omega getting trauma. Oh, no, I just I I think. I think Bad Batch season two is the middle chapter of a three season show and middle chapters don't end happy. And last season also didn't end happy. So I'm I'm terrified for how it's going to be worse. (laughs) I mean, no seasons of Clone Wars ended happy. Everybody wants to be my enemy. So but they um, they they at worst ended neutrally. Like. No, Ahsoka comes back and is ended, like Clone Wars seasons would end with random ass episodes sometimes. That's true. Not like not like world breaking. It was just another oh, arc. The season ended. one finale of, of Clone Wars was definitely Senate hostages or the hostage crisis or whatever. Yeah, which was. was a random yeah. one off out of production order. Yeah. Banger um, episode. Any, anyway, yeah. I'm going to cry. Um, And then we, you know, after the Pabu stuff, we cut back to. Um, oh, I did think it was notable how it was plan 88 and how in the next episode, the second to the season two finale is going to be plan 99. So, you know, those two corresponding numbers are, I don't know, pointing out to me. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And then we just get back to Dr. Hemlock and he's just like, torture him more. A thing I think is interesting. Like about this just a set design thing i think it's interesting that they're restraining crosshair with like seat belts like it seems very low tech which fits star yeah. wars is kind of 70s thing but i don't know there's just something really oddly intimate about the way they're torturing him like it just it seems like dr hemloff is get lock is getting off on it like there's just it's it's different than standard imperial torture to me these guys yeah. are really Icky. I mean, there's something in the advanced science division. I, I mean, yeah, there's something in the in the you know, yeah, like I don't want to say primitive way that straps are, but like, I don't know the non technological way that just like pulling someone back by straps are. You yeah, know? no, it's 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 very. There's definitely mind to leather. <laughs> there's right. definitely something like, but there's something narratively there about like the way everything is designed to make you uncomfortable that's different from your standard Star Wars torture scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of reminded me, not as freaky, but of the Andor stuff mm-hmm. with the ISB, where it's just like, oh, these guys are fucked up. Where this is just, a, you're kind of standard droid, kind of vaguely electric torture, but I am curious what what version of crosshair they're going to encounter when yeah. they meet him on Mount Tantus. I think Dead. it is too mean to have turned him into a brainwashed clone assassin after all his growth, but who knows? Yeah. I, I just want to be clear. I do not condone Dr. Hemlock and his methods. Sure. I just am a <laughs> You need to go to horny jail. Horny person. 
You need to go to horny jail sometimes. There just weren't enough women in this episode. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> um, speaking of horny jail, let's talk about our bad batch ships. I ship uh, Crosshair and Hunter, I've decided. Don't you think they should make out? Me. I mean, honestly, I do think brothers. it would solve a lot of their. I think it would solve a Shut lot of their up. problems. They're all brothers. We did it's, talk about this though. We talked about in much. unit versus out of unit. Yeah, no, I I agree with Steph on Dark Side Divas with this in unit. No, out Why? out of unit. Yes. Why? I do because but they I, were raised together. I'm with no, Andy though. I I, I really stupid. do think that if they like actually emoted at each other like normal people, we wouldn't have reached the point in season one where they were so at each other's throats. Crosshair and Hunter, I feel like, would be so good together. I, so, the Rex especially, respectfully disagree. I've mentioned okay. this before, but the Dave Filoni shows are really following in the footsteps of the George Lucas stuff in that it is just not horny at all. Oh my and, god, I wish it was. And so I don't have any bad, bad ships. Like, Fee and Tech is fine. I won't be mad if it happens. I don't really have any clone ships. The strongest opinion I have is that is that <laughs> Omega and Hera were each other's first baby crush. That's it. The the one thing, like my one complaint about Star Wars, like truly, is I actually like wish there was more romance. Actually, I feel like so the only time we've gotten like significant romance was in Attack of the Clones, and it was done really badly. And I'm gonna put horrible. on my Calvin hat and say that you need to read. Jedi battle scars because the yeah. shit I'm seeing on the tweets yeah. about that book like it is you can't read Lost Stars which was the previous most horny Star Wars book and but apparently there is a strong contender to the throne and it's all gay too. and it's super fucking gay <laughs> and it's the night sister character that you thought was so hot and it's a girl? Yeah. Yeah, with it's a girl. It's girls being gay? It's girls being gay. Yeah, oh the, my god, are you for real? I thought it was boys being no, gay. No, it's girls no, being it's gay. Girls. Yo, and the, I'm gonna actually this will be right cool. Now. Yeah, it's a uh What is it called? Battle Jedi Battle Scars. Marin's girlfriend is a <laughs> is described by the author as a as a cis butch lesbian who's had top surgery. Uh, like yes! a la stone stone Stone, uh, what's the thing? Stone Butch Blues, is that the book? Leslie Feinberg? Battle Scars. Jedi Battle yeah. Scars, thank you. Ooh, ooh. You know, tell me how I it is without you having played people. Jedi Fallen Order. Sure. But, you know, yeah. It's okay, I'll just watch, like, a video. Yeah, watch Jedi the video, Fallen watch the video. It's fine. Um, I'm gonna get a hard copy, I guess, because they don't have paperback. Ah, uh, excuse me, hello. Yeah, it's brand new. I don't want the audiobook. Yeah, it is brand new, so it is expansive. I do like that the Even new segment of the podcast, Andy book. orders something on the internet. It is a <laughs> small book, though. It is a it, it is one of the it, it is like classified as like one of the adult novels rather than one of the young adult novels, and it is like the shortest of the adult novels that we've gotten. So Yeah, the tie-in the tie-ins to video games are tough. Yeah. Oh man, I just need to write like horny Ventress fanfic. <laughs> Or read nice. it. I'm sure it exists. I Although... can't read it because oh, yeah. <laughs> other people might spoil it. I have to write my own fucking horny fiction yeah. if I want it. Honestly, though. <laughs> I'll Andy be like, gets... hey, guys, can you please screen this smut for me? Andy gets spoiled 
on some random ass Star Wars stuff by the horny Ventress. I feel like if it's a, I feel like if it's hilarious. a Ventress main character fake, then it's not gonna break canon. No, then it's it, not gonna go further into canon because are, Ventress <laughs> dies. I know, I know. Unless it's are, like a fix it. Way fake. overestimating like fan fiction writers because some of them yeah. are yes, some of them are highbrow, but some of them are like. I don't know anything and I'm still going to write it. I, I would not put it past them to be like, hey, and actually, let me just casually drop the fact that, oh, my God, it won't let me order it right now. Um, I'll fuck around with this later. Homophobic. <laughs> Homophobic. It's like making me sign back into Amazon. And I'm like, please don't make me do this right now. Um, but to drop some like random lore because they're like, I just want to. Um, Somebody randomly starts complaining see, about the last. Here's the Jedi. thing: there's there's yeah. <laughs> those people who are writing fan fiction, and then there's me who's writing a fanfic that is the One Piece characters, but in the Star Wars universe. And I am like heavily plotting this thing and doing my research, trying to figure out like what planet is each character going to be from and stuff. Ugh. Guys, let's let's have a Patreon, and I will write fan fiction. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. We should have a Patreon. We have no fans, but I'm like, guys, Lewis, let's have a Patreon so I can add content for no one to look at. Um, but I'll write, I'll write like a horny fanfic, and I'll have it on our Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> guys, can Be you like, tell it's 10:30 p.m. when we're recording this? In this combined episode, because last time we recorded, you offered to kiss our fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make out. So I guess the answer you forget, is there have been two separate recording forget. sessions. Yeah, yeah, we had to do this because we're super busy this week and we've all lost our minds. Review us, review us, review we, us, please. I'm so, so excited you're gonna both for kiss Bad them Batch, and though. make them horny fanfic. Yeah, guys, if we get one review, I'll read. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, please. Okay, do we have anything else to say? I feel like I'm really digging myself into Any hole. Any predictions <laughs> for the Bad Batch finale besides what we've talked about? Everyone dies and we're going to be upset. No matter what, we're going to be very happy and very upset. With Honestly, this. no. At this point, I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen in the finale because I'm just kind of convinced that we're not going to see Sid until season three. So... I My know that thinking, I'm gonna have to take a poop break during it. Like one, I know that I'm gonna one be prediction. Out and have to go well, there is a episode break. <laughs> My non feces related <laughs> predi prediction is that uh, I believe that the victory, such that there is one, is going to be personal rather than big picture setting up. See, I think we're gonna learn more about like the what's going to be the big problem of season three, the clone assassin program, what they're doing on Mount Tantus. And I don't think the Bad Batch is going to make a dent in it. Like they might find 18 weaponized Zillows and they're not going to be able to do anything about it. I think season, it's going to be, the stakes will be really high personally and lore wise. And I think we're only going to get a victory on one front. And if we get a victory on the lore front, that's going to mean horrible consequences for our heroes. Ooh, I cannot Ooh. wait for Wednesday. <laughs> oh I my cannot... gosh. I'm going to cry. I can't get into specifics, but oh my god, after this week's Mandalorian, wow. Um, 
I cannot wait. I am I still behind. I'm not working this Wednesday because tomorrow is my last day at my job before I move. So I get to sleep in, maybe make myself a nice breakfast if I haven't already packed up all my cooking stuff or order something nice. And I'll watch Mandalorian first because I want to save the Bad Batch for last because I know that the Bad Batch is going to emotionally wreck me. So I don't want to be in that state of mind when I go into Mandalorian. I'm in New York. I'm excited. Um, I am ready to get hurt again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's such a good way. It's like, it's like oh, schadenfreude, but I love to, f- to, to, to give myself pain. Well, cause I, and I wasn't like last time I was not expecting them to blow the hell out of Camino. So like, I'm wondering what they're going to do. That's going to get me like that again. When they, when, when it became clear that they were going to blow up Camino with the bad batch on the planet, I was like, it was good shit, uh, as I'm sure I described on this very podcast. And I'm wondering what moment is going to have me like that this time. This is why I think I do. I think I think we're going to get a hell of a cliffhanger. Like. And then it's going to be another two year gap. <laughs> well, so if Omega does Omega didn't get kidnapped, I was so I will honestly be like very relieved if she's kidnapped quite early in the finale because I. It just makes I have this sneaking feeling that they're going to get crosshair and lose Omega. Not that Omega will die, but that she will be in the hands of the Empire. Terrifying, terrifying. Oh, please don't let that be the the cliffhanger. I will not be able to deal with not knowing what happens. Uh, All right. Well. Disney, on this, uh, what are we watching next time? 60 Calvin? minute recording yeah, for we, one episode. Next, we will be back in your podcasters one week from today to discuss The Bad Batch, season two, episodes 15 through 16, The Summit, and Plan 99. All right. May the force be with you. And also with you, swag. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.